How often do we hear from everyday people? His stories from someone who look like you, work like you, live like you do. The good, the bad, most importantly, the truth. Because we're not all celebrities. We don't have a camera following us around to document our reality, but we do all have problems, issues, an elephant in the room that we continue to avoid in hopes one day will fade away. Well, I say, let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. it. Ladies, for joining me for Let's Talk About It with Jackie Wade. I want you to go around and, um, and let people know who you are. So I'm Star Starling. I have been in Nashville, Tennessee for the last 20-something years, originally from, from Virginia, and I'm a local makeup artist here. I'm Sandra Hopkins. I live here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am from the great state of Alabama. <laughs> and I am um, a jazz singer and definitely a motivational speaker. I'm a minister, I'm a wife, I'm a really good friend and a great sister, and I'm excited to be here. I am Agnes Rogan. I am born and raised um, in Nashville, Tennessee. I am a wife, a mom of three, a minister such as Sanja, glam studio owner, and the list goes on. I'm also a mother. I have one son. I have also raised two stepchildren. My son is going on six and my stepkids are 20 and 17, almost 18. I have a full plate. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> so with this first episode we're doing, it is wives and women because we're all women first. Some of us are wives and women, but we're all women. There was a increase of divorce talk, people not getting along, and the cheating or the man, you know, jokingly, men are not able to get to their side chicks or whatnot. And it just made me wonder, like, <laughs> why does this occur? Why, why does this happen? You know, and why is it such an uncomfortable feeling for people who love each other. Some of the posts were, oh, y'all miss y'all side dudes, you know, like it was shots fired. And a lot of people have these feelings going on right now. It's coming out more bases, but those feelings do exist. So I just wanted to kind of talk about our perspective of why so and let those views and issues and, and our responses come from women. And I wanted you got your wives. So I wanted you all to give your intake on it. I'm not a wife. So there's questions that you may be able to clear up even for me far as why these types of things happen. Well, I'm divorced. <laughs> I'm, ex, I'm an ex-wife, so said, I, I can speak to that journey versus right. being a current wife, and this is way before COVID. Before you all were wives, so you were women pursuing right. or, or looking to be courted. The main question that I have is, why do women stop doing what they did to be courted once they're married? Mm -hmm. I think that that relaxation has a lot to do with why and look for that freshness. But I mean, that's me coming from a single woman, you know, so maybe you all can kind of clear that up for me. Well, I mean, I can say in my particular situation, I, I definitely know about like keeping a relationship alive as being in a relationship for a long time because my previous relationship, we were, you know, pretty much together through all of my 20s, most, some of my 30s. So, you know, a combined total of like 15 something years. So I, I definitely know about how to stay with somebody and keep it like, I think communication is key and, 
you know, keeping it spicy, keeping it fun, just, you know, being able to, you know, your partner should be your best friend. Right. And that's how I felt in my relationship until, you know, what my downfall was or what kind of broke us up was more so uh, I personally had to go through in vitro which is a um a process that you don't know what you're going to go through until you right. go through it and mm -hmm. that ultimately ended up putting a lot of stress on the marriage uh financially emotionally you know physically he felt like he didn't get his you know needs met so he ended up cheating and so that's what kind of led to where we are now but we still have a great co-parent relationship right we still, you know, even through the COVID thing right now, we, we share him and we work together. We still sometimes eat family meals together just, you know, just to get That's through this good. time. But I feel like we still would have been together if it wasn't for that. I still feel like we were best friends, um, you know, kept it you know, after so many years, you have to learn how to keep it spicy and keep it fun. Well, my husband's name is Steve. So I say be, uh, before the BS, you know, it, there was a whole lot of things that, that I went through relationship wise. I mean, I just did. And I always had a great foundation as far as my wanting to have a great relationship. I think that my intentions were always there. But for me, I had just decided that I had been through so many bad relationships where I did not set a standard. And for me, because I didn't set any standards early on. So the thing was, is that there were very few things that you know, at the beginning, of, of course, sex was off limits for me. I didn't want to have sex. That was not something that I was interested in. All I knew growing up, growing up with an old school mom was like, you have sex, you get pregnant, you're going to have babies. And she's <laughs> like, that's not what you want to do there was not a lot of conversation about the emotional impact of sex and all of those things. So when I really met my first real boyfriend that we dated in high school and went up to my first and second year of college, you know, we weren't intimate. And then finally I decided to take that step and then I did not know how to handle the emotional connection because unfortunately, sometimes as women, we immediately equate sex with relationship that has nothing to do with relationship. It has all to do with the fact that you just, you know, you just took care of your business and as a result, I'm strong, you know, so that's where I was. So I didn't have a good understanding of that. It wasn't until years later, until I started setting some personal standards for myself. I wanted to have, I always believed that as a woman, that you should always have your own business. You should always be a boss. You should always carry yourself in a way that you brought the, the thunder, the pain, no matter what, you know, you were the orchestrator of your own world. I never wanted to be someone else's side chick. But sometimes, I'm sure during those dating relationships, I was somebody's side chick and I just didn't know about it because of the fact that I didn't know what the signs were. I didn't know what to look what. I just didn't have that education that we can give these ladies these days of things to see. When Steve and I got married, it was a standard that was set. It was like, I don't want to do this. I require this. 
This is not going to be something that is going to be easy for you. I need to be courted. And throughout my marriage, I mean, that man stays at Tiffany's because he has to. So it's a standard, you know, it's a standard for me. And I, there are certain deal breakers that for me in the relationship, you won't talk crazy to me. You won't be disrespectful. You won't ever put your hands on me. There were so many deal breakers for me that I was like, before we go, we're going to go out of town together. We're going to spend some time together. You're going to understand who I am and what life that is. Just understanding what my path was and him understanding who I was. And it was like, okay, we need to do that. Now we've been married. It'll be 16 years this year that we've been married this long. And both of us have very candid conversations about how we feel. If, I mean, there are times I ask the question, are you feeling a little neglected? Are you know how are you feeling in this area? What's going on with you? Uh, do you need more attention from me? What is it that you need? And the good thing about my husband is that you know he he's very very clear. He's a old school distinguished gentleman, and for him he's like I need this, I need this, and I need and this is what I need from you. And I do what I need to do to make that happen. Um, being that I'm probably the younger one or the youngest one in the group, um, you know, me and Caleb, we were like high school sweethearts. But I feel like even as a young girl, I've always sought out wisdom. I've always thought differently and I've always carried myself differently. Sandra mentioned something about conversations. I think it's important for parents to have conversations with children, especially maturing young girls, because you said before your wife, we're women first. Right. So like, you, you know, so that conversation, one thing that I realized is that I have two sisters that were both pregnant in high school, but I didn't and both, I, I married a virgin and so did Kayla. But I asked my sisters now, I was like, hey, you know, did mom and daddy ever talk to you guys about sex? Did y'all ever have that conversation? And it just kind of, you know, caught me by surprise because my dad had a conversation with me prior to me going going to high school and it wasn't quote unquote the biblical version you know it was just the street not sugar-coated you, need it. Clothes, that's you know like because that's just what it was but what I realized was that his word kept me until I was able to get into a church where a pastor could teach me really what marriage is what it is to be a wife because until you know the truth you'll only project the images of marriage that you've seen whether it be your parents your grandparents the TV, you know, um, keeping up with the Kardashians. Those are the images you have until you get a true image of what marriage is. So, you know, not to, you know, be cliche, but if you ever want to understand the original intent for something, you have to go back to the manual or the manufacturer. Right. And so, you know, being introduced to my pastors, which are my in-laws and being able to attend church, they were able to show me in the word that marriage is a covenant. And what most people don't know, you know, you're not just keeping your virginity so that you can protect your reputation, but you keep that because when you enter into this marriage covenant, the only thing to seal a covenant is blood. And most people know that if you lost your virginity, you believe that that was a sign of a cutting of a covenant of something that was never intended to end. And so, you know, and then there's dopamine and there's things that are released, these emotions that make you addicted to the person that you just like cut covenant with. And because yeah. we've not cut covenant in the right ways, that's where you get the slashed tires, the broken out windows, fighting every girl on every block because you gave this treasure away to somebody, something that wasn't worthy of it.
So the, oh, yeah. the, interesting, no. the interesting thing that I've seen in my marriage that I'm so grateful is that is because that both Caleb and I were both virgins when we're married, you know, we've continually figured this thing out together. You know, right. it's been fun. It's been a journey. I don't have anything to compare what it should be to. So he's right. great to me. I have nothing to compare it to. Right. I never worry about him cheating. It's never a thought. I never worry about him stepping. I mean, it's just never a thought. Because like Sandra said, there were standards mm -hmm. prior to going into marriage. There were and some non-deal breakers. You have that trust there too. So, you know, it's no, a trust like, yeah. a lot of it's times a, yeah. the trust. you start to wonder what your mate is doing is because that trust has been, you know. Right, been, some type of way. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So I think that, I mean, that, you know, not saying, not saying that marriage is perfect. Every marriage is going to be worse. Psalms, I think 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, you labor in vain. So if you're trying to build a home without God, honey, you're just working and your work is not going to be rewarded because you can't, you can't do this without God. I don't see how people try to do it without him because you need him for peace, for strength. Like you said, what about discernment? You know, okay. I noticed that my husband may, you know, maybe I need to switch it up. Maybe, you know, just being able to to discern the moods and you know just different things i know women we could be we're trained to be very strong and vocal and uh, bossy and most men once they make it you know get some butts they normally don't marry us <laughs> because our mouth you know we've been trained to tear men down with our mouths instead of build them up with our mouths and we learn that in the word wise woman builds her home and a foolish yeah. one tears it down with her own hand. So there's so many right. principles in the Bible on how to have a successful marriage. Let me ask you, um, Star, when you was talking about you went through a divorce because you had a hard time, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of women, married or unmarried, if I'm in a relationship with a man and I find out that he's cheating, the first thing that a woman does is attack another one. How did you go about that when you found out that your husband was cheating? Like, did you, did you go to... The person that you made that vow with go to the woman who you felt you could you know so that tension and that anger out mm -hmm. on very good question i actually went to both because the young lady worked at his job with him and literally i was pregnant at the time i was about four months pregnant when i found out so literally a, a couple weeks before that i had my gender reveal at his job so like she knew Right. So, and she, you know, mm -hmm. you know, of course you, I didn't put as much blame on her because of course, you know, he pursued her, but both had a little bit of responsibility because she was, you know, she, she knew, yeah, I was around. So yeah, I think I felt more so with me being pregnant and everything I went to to get pregnant, it was a trail that was just like, right. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's hard to mm -hmm. do it. I was guilty of that, especially in my younger days. You know, you find mm -hmm. out that your dude is cheating. The first thing that you do is you confront the other woman. And, mm -hmm. and right. The woman, because one, we we're not done with this man. Right. We're just hoping that we can say something to this woman to make her back up. But then, what about the other woman, or the one yeah. that comes after that? Because I've always been taught right. and never listened, but learned that when you don't go to the problem, mm -hmm. you, when you go around it, then the problem stays there. It's in the center. It's it's mm -hmm. there, and that's the problem. When you're married. It's the man that you made the vows to before God. When you're dating in a commitment and you say that you're going to try to be exclusive, it's that man. It's not the woman so much so. Mm -hmm. Even I think the interesting thing is that most of the times now with social media being as strong as it is, we take pride in bragging on how great of a man they are. And you mm -hmm. have these women that's like, hmm, 
you know, oh, is he, he's that great? I want a man like that. And it's not, I want a man like that. I want that one. And then they that come one. your happy ever after. Oh, I want a man to be like that to my children, you know, or, or to do surprisingly <laughs> things to me. It's not like you're putting your man out there on a bait, but you give women the platform to look at the display and decide yeah. if that's something that they want to pursue. Does that make the woman wrong for, you know, wanting to brag on her man? Because you shouldn't have to keep your man to yourself as far as letting people know that this man is great to me. Well, one thing for sure is you, you also have to look at it like you don't know what these men are telling these women too, the, the woman on the side, because they could be painting a whole picture like, oh, I'm so unhappy at home, yeah, this, this, and that. Home when you could be completely happy at home. It's just their game to try to get the woman. That's just, you know, so right. as I have matured and went through life, I when, and when I look back on it, I do understand that aspect of it. Like, it, he could have been telling her this, this, and that, and I didn't know that. So I kind of, you know, take that into consideration from the other point of view, for sure. I mean, but it's, I think it's good that you did. You put, you confronted both of them. So that mm -hmm. way you did get the full side of the story. You know, I right? like, because of both too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. both of them deserve a conversation. Yeah, I don't think the woman should be off at all. But yeah, I think that I showed out. I was ready to fight pregnant and everything. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Even if the conversation was, "This is my man." Yeah. And I don't want I to think, see you to call it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but I but think the that's important. Because you were you was pregnant, so pregnancy brings emotions up to the forefront. You know, yes. and it's going yes. through the type of, of these phases that within itself with you saying you want to fight oh, that's yeah. very normal oh yeah you know, yeah. yeah i mean emotions are the emotional part of the woman is unfortunately sometimes misconstrued as just the ugliest part of us right. which is not true we are entitled to our emotions mm -hmm. We are entitled to feel the way that we feel. It is just up to us whether or not we're going to act on those things or not. And sometimes we do. I mean, in my dating life, I ain't always been sad, you know? So there were times when I thought, okay, well, I've got to make some changes here because I don't just, I don't like the way my life is going. I've been the other woman that has been confronted with a man that had been cheated and I didn't know about her she didn't know about me and when we both found out it was like I remember one night this one chick tried to run me over with her car and, <laughs> oh my yeah God. and she was you're, like you, uh this you, is the one, you know this yeah like yeah I ain't always been saying so I'm looking at her like so here I am you know beating on the back of the trunk like wait a minute you're not gonna run me over like I didn't know about you I didn't know you existed. So I think that um, there is, I don't know that these very genuine organic conversations can take place without some sort of anger, but I do know that I have had conversations with women in the past that I have been the other woman where I said, I just didn't know about you. Mm -hmm. He lied to both of us. Mm -hmm. So it's whether or not you and I can have this conversation and whether or not this is who's winning today. So you think you're winning because you get to keep him. But I say I won because I left him. Mm 
So those were some of the, the, the steps that you have to make a decision on whether or not that's what you want. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've been in that situation more than I'd like to admit to today. But the, the sad part about it is the fact that I had to learn some old... Yeah, some old, hard, tough lessons. And as my mother would always say, there's always a time you can buy you some sense. She said a hard, you know, a hard head makes a soft Uh behind. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, those uh, mental, emotional spankings that you had as a result of doing the same thing over and over again, attracting the same no good man, attracting the same situations, the same things that you kept looking for. You know, I had this little list in my head that said I wanted him to be tall. I wanted him to be light skinned. I wanted him to be curly hair. I wanted him to have a certain look. And I still remember that look. But guess what? I didn't marry that look. That was a standard that I had set for myself. And I remember even one of my little, my nieces came to me and asked me, why did you compromise on your standard to marry somebody that wasn't this and didn't have these things in place at first? And I said, I didn't compromise on my standard. I said, God opened my eyes that what I saw as a standard didn't treat me right. That mistreated me. I mentioned the inside of them. Yes. That that person mistreated me. That tall, dark hair handsome, that tall, light-skinned, handsome man, he mistreated me, uh, was abusive, uh, talked to me any kind of way, misused my body, took my money, tried to take all kinds of things from who I was and the essence of who I was. So when I finally set a real standard that was based on biblical principle and not based on what Sanja thinks is attractive, then I realized the, the, it went off for me. And then it was like, you know what? You need to just erase this list because this list that you have, they don't know how to treat you and you obviously don't know how to love because there are some things that you are allowing in your relationship that is not healthy for you. So you've got to figure out how to get rid of all the things that are unhealthy. It's all about your choices. You have to stay in things long enough to understand the root of really what it is, because it may not be what you think it is. Right. And those conversations that we have with the ladies, sometimes we find out this is all that you'll ever get because that's all right. you ever wanted. Yeah, that's good. Can I piggyback off of Sanja? Because yeah, um, one thing she said was that she had a list prior to God opening her eyes. And I remember I did too. He needed to be mm-hmm. tall, preferably. I was looking for somebody, NBA player, NFL player. <laughs> I did. Yeah. You know, like you have this. I'm not mad about that. But, you know. <laughs> I ain't mad about but that. then, like you said, once I started getting in the word and once God opened my eyes, my list changed. You know, I wanted somebody who loved God, not only went to church, but actually had a relationship with God on his own. Because what I realize now is that you, can, you can't make anybody do anything. So even if you're the best wife and you marry someone who doesn't have a God conscious, honey, you can be cooking, cleaning, turning clips <laughs> in the bed, doing tricks, and honey, he still go out and do something because yeah. he doesn't have this God conscious. And I see yeah, that, you know, I'm yeah, not saying that a God man can't slip up, but I'm just saying that at least a praying woman can talk to God like, okay, you need to talk to him. Like you, you need to put some people around him. And another thing, the friends that are around him, 
you know, paying attention to who who speaks into his life, yes. who's his mentor. Uh, one thing I was thinking about when me and Caleb were courting is that God gives you choices. He gives you options. You know, mm -hmm. Caleb wasn't the only person, but there I had other options. And they were guys that loved God and they had careers and, you know, doing different things. But Caleb best suited my destiny. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important for a woman to understand her purpose and what God has called her to do in the earth. Because when you're choosing a mate, you're choosing a business partner. You're choosing a lifelong part and you need somebody that's going to best fit what God has called you to do. They're going to compliment. They're going to bring where you weak. They're going to bring your strength. They're going to, they're going to be complimentary to yeah. what mm -hmm. and who you are. You right. know, it's not going to be somebody have to drag alone. I don't got time to be dragging you along. I don't have time. You know, you want to motivate and encourage, but I need you to be self-motivated. You know, it's just mm -hmm. the truth. Like you said, Agnes, you you were you were you seek wisdom a little sooner yes. than most of us. So yes. it's like I can attest that when I was young coming up, I was that person that wanted somebody that could take care of me. And I knew what that looked like and I knew who could do that. So that's what I sought out. So I did date a football player that we talked about getting married and it was like, oh, I'm gonna be an NFL wife. But I did come in and I would see lipstick that wasn't mine in the house, little mm -hmm. traits because women want you to know that they're there. And I played oh, yeah. the best made the best woman win because when you were trying to court or be courted or you're just trying to get the attention of someone that you do think that is your type. You think that this mm -hmm. is the man that you be with. And why do I not deserve him? So the right. women, they're battling for someone's attention. And yes. they're not looking like God comes later to the to the 20s, sometimes in your 30s. You don't really mm -hmm. know that you're God-fearing men until so God puts it on their heart to say that, you know what, I need to step back. I need to actually reevaluate after being mistreated maybe a dozen of times or, right. or really the person being single like what goes wrong and it may mm -hmm. just be that my tall dark and handsome like Sandra said is not what God has planned for right. right I don't know that. right now I'm looking at who's gonna put me in the Jaguar and make sure that I can go shopping <laughs> exactly and that's the reality who's gonna keep up my standard I'm not mad about that when mm -hmm. you're young that's what you think about. <laughs> so you don't, you don't necessarily get that and I grew up in the church you know and mama grew up in the church so I, I had the morals and I understood what a Christian woman looked like I knew how to present myself to where I was worth having but at the end of the day I enjoy getting the credit cards and driving the car or going to Miami absolutely so it takes time to get there I think that I I'm now at a point to where I'm like okay I'm ready to settle down. Is there something wrong with the way that I see things? Is there something wrong with me? Why am I not married? I'm 40 years old. But you don't think about that in your 20s. Mm -hmm. You are a very rare case. Very yes. rare. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking too, you know, my I would like to attribute a lot of it to my parents. You know, I'm the oldest of nine. Yeah. And my dad was extremely hard on me. But there are so many days where I'm just so grateful for his upbringing because because he was just so truthful. He didn't sugarcoat and he gave me the best information to the best of his knowledge. And it right. has really carried me because what they try to do is coach us on the opposite side. Dad is like, you know, what this is what he wants. And when he gets it, this is what's going to happen. Just right. like telling you the truth. So even when, like Sandra said, before I wasn't always saved, I got saved at like 15. That's kind of like always. No. Yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> 
you know, like high school, you know, I was still like, okay, so daddy's like coaching me and they're trying to help me to understand what guys want. But I'm like using, okay, well, I'm going to play this game. I know not to go this far. I know to not be easy. I know to be, I liked when I would show up places. They're like, oh, where are you? Are you? Because I didn't go to club. I didn't do what the average girl did. I wanted to be something that you didn't see every day. You know what I mean? And so they respected you and they looked at you differently. It's like, oh, she's not easy. Oh, you just can't get her number. Like you come to me, what's up girl? Can I have you? No, it's not happening. No, you can't have my number. Like, no, you can't address me like, what's up girl? There's a way to even approach me, even as a young girl. So you can play these games. I'm like, okay. You know, I was thinking about Jackie's like, you want somebody to take you, to take care of you. Mama was like, be able to buy your own burger. Be able to buy your yeah, own Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and so that's when yeah. I came up was being able to have your own. You know, and, and when I was doing that, and that was, shop. So, so, my, so my motto was make my money, keep my money. <laughs> in there, right. And it was never that I was, it was never that I didn't make it. Cause you know, mama. Right, right, say, right, absolutely. So it's like, I went back my money. You know, right. it wasn't that I was just waiting for somebody to take care of me but right. I would find somebody because mom always said don't date anyone that can't bring to the table what you bring right. to the table but you want to bring something right. to the table so I've always been there and I will say that right. Agnes your dad he was the one who because I lost my dad early and your dad was around right. when my dad lived so when I right. did get to 17 right. and 18 he gave me those same talks and when he saw right. the guys that were coming at me as I was developing and it's like oh have y'all seen Tanya and Sean and little sister and he'd be like Jack them niggas don't want shit you know, right. no, don't talk right. He's just right. It was straight cut throat. It wasn't no, but you know, take it easy. You know, just kind of make sure that you mm. do don't want shit. You know, he's no. just trying to right. like, whatever. And I can appreciate that. Right. that I, I definitely yeah. do. Yeah. I do. It didn't necessarily turn me away from those dudes, but it let me right. know how to. Yeah, oh, no. I, I ran to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Erica, I'm sorry, you go say something. No, go you're ahead. fine. I was just saying, kind of piggybacking <laughs> off of Agnes, kind of like my, you know, my dad raised me, and you know, he was really hard on me too, and and kept it real about boys and stuff. And he's a pastor. I grew up in a church. I actually met my ex-husband at church. It was crazy because a lot of people never understood why me and him got together. I guess people had a stereotype of what type of man I was supposed to be with, but I actually never had a type of guy. I am very much a very organic person. Like I go off of connections. Mm -hmm. When I meet people, I, I pretty much know within the first couple of times whether I'm going to be connected to them regardless. But you know, when I met my ex-husband, he didn't even have a car. He was fresh out of jail. That's a good point, right. But some of the qualities that I, I loved in him, he, he always had his kids in church. He was an amazing father. When we first started talking, we had like our conversation which just felt it felt so easy it felt so natural and even though at the time I luckily just I made a lot of money on my own I was more independent so I felt like have whatever type of dude I won't. I'm straight. So I just kind of went more so with somebody that I really had a connection with. And we ended up being together for for over a decade. Wow. Overall, he has amazing qualities. He's a good person. He's an amazing father. But, you know, stuff happens. Wow. I was going to say, Jackie, do you think that it's possible that women miss that husband or, yes. you know, this option yes. that God brings yes. because it doesn't come yes. in the package that they intended? Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't come millionaire status. But what if that millionaire status is in him? You know, mm -hmm. what if there's a big 
business idea in him? What if God has a call in him and he's bringing him to you to cultivate that thing? I'm not saying he doesn't come working. He may be working, but not at the status that you, and then you automatically mm-hmm. put him out. Or maybe I think, he doesn't I, I come say, dressed to the nine. Yes, yes, that, I think, yeah, that's mm-hmm. very popular. Because my, a lot my, of, my, I see a lot of girls that, or a lot of women that are with guys, and there are some good guys that want them, but they won't give them the time of the day. That it's is like they don't want them that, if they're going to treat them right. That comes with maturity. I would say in my 20s, I wasn't looking for a husband. I wasn't mm-hmm. looking for to spend right. my life. I, because in opposite of you, my older sister got married out of high school. So mm-hmm. I was so happy and relieved when my younger sister had a child and said, I don't want to get married. And I was like, oh, shit. So that's an mm-hmm. option. You know, because I didn't know that it was an option. And my, and my, house, my mom was like, you it. know, you love this guy. You want to start a family. Y'all get married. And yeah. that, was, that was the end of it. That was the end of it. Mm-hmm. So my sister had a child. Then she turned around and had another child. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I wish you would come to me talking about, I'm not, uh-uh, I'm getting married. Marriage ain't even on the table because that was a slip up, but I'm going to love my child, but I'm going to mm-hmm. keep living. But I had a community around me. I had sisters. I had a mother. I, you can only do it one time. My mom said, you, what, you make a mistake one time. So I had my son and I would go out and still live my young life, leave him with Agnes' mom, drop him off, and he would blend right in with the rest of them because she had like eight kids. So I would drop him off with, you know, my other sisters who had kids and I still was able to live. But I kept that in mind. I've always considered having more children once I got married, but I would never have two baby dads. I wasn't going to make that mistake again, but I wasn't looking for a husband. I was looking mm-hmm. for somebody that could like, are we taking a trip? Cause I need to save my money. I'm not my mad home. about that. You know? yeah. yeah. I need to save like, so that my income was to make sure that I could provide for me and my child. And mm-hmm. whoever I dated needed to make sure that they could accommodate what I like to do. And if they were able to do all of the above, then that's more money that I can put away for a rainy day. But yeah, right. I was just going to say, I think it's unfortunate that a lot of women, they don't think that way. They invest everything into the individual that they're with at the time. And you invest your time, your money, your body, your resources, your thought process. You stop moving forward. You become stagnant and you get stuck in a relationship. And then you wonder why you look back at it in five years, three years, 10 years and wonder what the hell was I thinking? You know, you think that because you're like, wait a minute, I've invested so much in this. And then now I'm in a position, you're thinking, Lord have mercy, what have I done? Why, why did I get stuck there? And I think you bring out an important part. It's important to make sure that resource-wise, that we keep our resources and we build something. It's important for you to either build a business, build a community, build something. Don't don't give a person everything that you have. I think the first thing that I learned when I well, before even before I got married, one of the one of the biblical standards that I understood is that nobody was lord over my life except for God. 
there is nobody else that can be Lord of, that should be Lord of your life. Even our marriage, my marriage relationship, God comes first. So it's God, then the husband, the family, Mm -hmm. the job, things like that. And I understand that everybody's order is different sometimes because we don't have children. Stephen and I have been married 16, almost 16 years and we don't have any children. So it's, it's just us. So for me, it's like, if I decide that I just want to have a girl's night out and be like, Hey girls, let's go out. Let's do these things. Let's pay for it. Let's, you know, whatever it is, then we do it. And it's not a big deal for me, but I'm just saying, that some women put everything they have into it and then when you don't get that very thing you want reciprocated you Mm. leave away disappointed and broken and just torn up and then you don't understand why and the thing is God never told you to give every give the man everything he never told you that especially when you're dating When you're dating, it's about getting to know people. It's about understanding who they are. It's about knowing that, hey, it's discernment. It's like, hey, wait a minute, I see a sign here. This this don't look right. And obeying those signs. And I think the older you get, the more you see those signs and can recognize them. But when you're younger, you don't see those signs. You just be like, okay, stop sign. Mm -mm, Move that out of the way. That's a yield. I'm going to go over here and do this. You know what I think? What happens like it's like with Agnes and I we come from large families so I I was able to weed out a lot by watching my older sisters experience that's good and I think that Agnes has the same the same privilege Mm -hmm. a lot of women don't have that luxury Mm -hmm. you know and 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 what they fail to realize even when you're married I feel like I said I've never been married but Mm -hmm. when you submit to a man and when you're submissive they I think every everybody, man and female, wants someone who's goal-driven. And when yes. you lose that vision to be goal-driven, I mean, that's one thing that I admire about everybody on this Zoom tonight. Everybody has their own business. Everybody's, they're, they're focusing, they're, they're, I mean, and have children, you know, or juggling a marriage or whatever it is, but you found a way, an avenue, a niche to say that this is what makes me happy too. I need this in order to make, you know, someone else happy, you have to first please yourself. And I've learned that through parenting. You have to find that balance. I've been a single parent for my son's 18. So since he was in kindergarten, it was a time I knew that when he, once he started school, I needed to be his parent because his dad was so far away. So it wasn't like I could say, hey, can you do baseball practice today? Hey, can you go to the game? It was me and that was important. So I knew that was important for my child. So I did make the decision to, I got to play for four years. I got four years of his life where I can go on weekends and start. Once he hit that first T-ball, it's it's over with. I'm a full-time parent. I have to be there. I have to go to parent meetings. I have to be at the plays. And I made that sacrifice for my career, but still had to find something that I wanted to do that would supplement that emptiness of me feeling like I've given up something. So I think that goal-oriented keeps you thriving. It keeps you going, keeps you motivated to want something more. And maybe that's just how I get it, but... I love the fact that you're like that, though. I, lo- I mean, mm-hmm. I think that every woman on this platform is motivated to always have something in front of you. You guys all come from a long history of women that own their own business and 
always were focused on that. My mother was principal, you know, a teacher. It was important for her to teach her girls how to be great women. You know, it was only two of us. So how can two young ladies be better women? How can they be the debutantes? How can they be in these girl Jack and Jill organizations? This is how we grew up. So that was a big deal. You know, if you were in the Mardi Gras court, you were something. I mean, so that was Mobile, Alabama. That's what you grew up with. And so for me, my father didn't have that epiphany conversation with me until I had gone through a horrible, horrible relationship. And before, probably a few years before he passed away, I remember being in the hospital, had carried a baby for 31 weeks for a man that I had been in a relationship with who was uh, actually a minister in a church. And he was horrible. And I thought that he was the one and he manipulated me. And that's a, just a total different things. And I played my part in it because I thought because of his position and his status, that he would not be capable of doing the things that he did, but he did. And so here I was at 31 weeks having a miscarriage mm. and having to have a child stillborn. And my father said to me, he said, at that point, he says, I didn't realize that I needed to tell you that you never give a man your money, your body, and your person to. You never, ever do that. And it took me, and I was, you know, well, almost 30 years old. And I thought, wow, I, all this time, here I am seeking these and having and desiring these relationships and not ever getting it. And then I finally get some of the things that I think that I have that aren't really, really real. It wasn't real. And so for him to come back and tell me that, that was the epiphany or the aha moment for me to make me have to look at myself and say, Sandra, what are you doing? What are you doing? Let's make some changes and let's make them now. Let's set a standard. Quit being the side chick. Quit being this other woman. Quit being this girl that's compromising. Quit doing all of this make a decision to be better, not for someone else, but for yourself. But for you. mm -hmm. Stop going through hell over mm -hmm. and over and over again, thinking that something different is going to happen when that's just the definition of insanity. Insanity. Mm -hmm. And insanity. that's what I had to do. I had to, and it took, and I'm just saying that, Everybody doesn't have their moment at 15 like X, right. which is a blessing. But sometimes it takes women years, years to finally un uncover and allow God to just say, you know what, this is the real you. Let's pull the mask off. Let's take off the makeup. Let's take off the, you know, the, the what they call the walk of shame. Sister, let's get rid of all of those. And let's just look at who you really are and understand that, 
underneath there, there's somebody who needs to be loved mm -hmm. and loved for real. And the first right. person that needs to understand the love is you. Right. Yeah. And can I say that maybe that it takes women so long, and I know your um, mom and dad was married for a, mm -hmm. a long time, period of time, but I, what I see is that we live in a generation where there's so many broken families and broken yes. And maybe they got married because you, they got pregnant, or maybe they got married because thought this was the right thing to do. I don't think anybody gets married thinking that divorce will happen or they wanting right. to divorce. They get married with the intention on being married forever, but because we're not given the proper tools or principles to actually have a home, then we have to, children are having to come up in, in broken homes. Another thing that I do appreciate from my father is that he was there. He was there, that affirmation, the conversation of making sure and instilling that love you know, even now I tell my husband, listen, don't make me call my daddy. You know, like, <laughs> I know, I like, you know, I know he'll be there because he's yeah. proven to be there. He's proven yeah. to weather the storm. I remember in high school, like these girls were saying they were going to gang me when I got off the bus stop and I called my dad's like, hey, they said they're going to gang me when I got the bus stop. Do you not know that when I got <laughs> to the bus stop, he was there ready to rumble? You right. know what I mean? When there were guys that were mistreating me in school, it wasn't him going to the principal's office. He was going to do that. But I remember like getting off the bus, he was at the bus stop with my cousin in the car, one of my hood cousins, and we followed the bus until the boys got off and he told the boys to get in the car and my dad like had his pistol on his lap and the dudes are in the car and basically had a conversation like, this is my daughter, this is how you're going to treat her, I've been not ever here. Of course he used his vulgar language and his intimidation but he's never allowed me to feel like I've not been protected, I've not been right. cared for, I'm not a you know, I was a treasure, I was something to be valued, I was yes. something worth fighting for, I was somebody worth putting my life on the line for you know so that's the expectation that I had you know right. I tell my you know to be honest my dad's been a hustler all my life that I know of but he's mm -hmm. never failed to provide and I tell my husband that's the standard that I've seen I've yeah. never seen a crap from anybody you know that's mm -hmm. that's the standard that's the superman of an example that I have and so now going into a home of my own it's like okay you know my daughter didn't know that you daddy ain't nothing to play with like she needs mm -hmm. to know that she can call you when her back is up against the wall even now as an adult married woman I can call him for like the most sound advice like he's someone that I could talk to right you know and that's I think the the beautiful thing about you know both a mother and the father is because my parents are not the same people and I mm -hmm. tell my mom daddy's not like you but we need him to be who he is you know because mm -hmm. she's not one that you can come to and talk about certain things you know she has this <laughs> wall you better not bring this to me I don't want to hear about a boyfriend no problem with this daddy is going to hear you and not judge you and then he's going to give you direction you know, I remember me and my sisters were sitting around the kitchen table and just out of nowhere, he said, don't y'all ever talk to your husbands like they're a boy. You know, don't you ever speak to him like he's a child because he has a mother. So just those little things, like he gives us nuggets. If you mm -hmm. want this to work, you treat him like a man. That's you know what I mean? Like he gives us wisdom that, you know, I start thinking, okay, you know, even it's like, okay, hold on, how am I, you know, like mm -hmm. so said, we have emotions, but what do you do with them? Yeah. Let me bottle that up, bite my tongue. Lot, that has a lot to do with why men go and seek other companions because yeah, the mouth. 
those sharp tongues. They look for someone who's not going to always make an argument out of something or not always complain so much so. Because men, right. they don't, as if they're supposed to be the providers and they're supposed to be the front of the household or whatever, like they still, they're, sen they're the most sensitive people that I've ever met. Like, no, I, they are. I, my father-in-law, when he preaches it, he, he always says like a grown man is nothing but a little boy in a grown man's body. Mm -hmm. He still is fragile and very sensitive. And for instance, I feel like women, like you can say certain things to us and it can just kind of roll off our backs like water on a duck's back. Just roll on off, you know, whatever you said, who cares? But a guy, if you say something, like they're going to remember it. They're going to take it seriously. They're going to hold on to it. Because there's been things that I said and I was just playing and they kept bringing up like you said. I'm like, dude, I wasn't even for real. But to him, I was because I allowed it to come out of my mm -hmm. mouth. And mm -hmm. I think that is what we don't realize is that we really, we think that we're doing some type of good to the relationship by communicating and telling them, this is how I feel right now. You're not doing this, that, and the other. But in actuality, we really should be doing the opposite. You should be speaking what you want to see and not exactly what you're seeing. Because I'm thinking about, you know, marriages, you go through different times. Your husband may be working, getting a promotion. Then he may say, hey, God is telling me to move off my job. So that's going to require faith. You know, like there are a mm -hmm. lot of women playing the head. They're the breadwinners. But then at the end of the day, the man still has to be respected and honored as the head of the household. So you can be the breadwinner. You can do all that. But when you walk in your home, he's the head, you know, and he has to be respected. As a, you can't tear him down. Like you ain't paying you ain't making this and I can do this without you. They don't even hear all that. Yeah. Because I look at, like, I've seen guys that are like, but have you seen, like, have you seen, have you seen a guy that's like, nobody? I know, but I'm like, you know me, I'm like looking, I'm always looking and observing. But yes. I've seen guys that are like, what you would think would be like, a nobody is not going to amount to anything. Daddy was like an alcoholic. I'm thinking about a friend of mine in high school. But then he married this girl who was education driven, goal driven. Like he was with my friend and he was doing nothing and probably wasn't going to be anything. But mm -hmm. then he got with this girl that was a bit older than him and, you know, a few steps ahead of him. Honey, he done went to school, got a bachelor's, a master's, a doctorate. Now he all in another. Like he's just doing the thing. And I'm like, whoa, what was the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, like what was the key piece? Well, it was, it was a push. And most, most men need to, they need to have somebody that believes in them. You know, yeah. right. even, even when you meet a man who's already on top of their game, you better believe there was somebody behind him before you met him that was pushing Exactly. Him. So, exactly. Yeah. Continue to do that. And that's, and that's where the oriented person comes in at. My thing is this, from my personal experience, I know mm -hmm. that one of the reasons that I have not chosen to get married, I've been engaged twice. Mm -hmm. And it's because there's key people that I respect that I have seen have failed marriages. Mm -hmm. And I've seen failed marriages where they, they're still married, but it's a failed marriage. And I'm the person that decided, Jackie, we're not going to settle. I will be by myself and be happy before mm -hmm. I be someone for the facade of how it looks. Mm -hmm. So does that make a person like, does it make one woman stronger than the other because she stays and endures? Then the woman who says, you know what? I deserve more. This is not for me and mm -hmm. I'm going to wait. Because you have like sitting in the front of the pulpit on Sunday morning, you have people who are on the deacon board and they're together just so they can be on that first Sunday stand beside a husband. 
something, uh -huh. you know, or they, they can dress alike and say, hey, look at my family. And you go home and you cry or they walk out the door and you don't see your husband until at night because he's gone with another woman. And you'd rather deal with that than to, uh -huh. to find the happiness. And I think that goes back to Agnes when you say, do we miss the guy that God maybe intend for us to be with? And I think uh -huh. sometimes you marry the wrong person. Those are some of the things that happen in your marriage. But does that mean that you stay? I can definitely speak on the whole staying part. I actually got a lot of pushback for leaving my husband, actually. A lot of pushback. I believe it. Well, you got to think, too, at the time, like, you know, I'm really known. He's kind of really known. He's from Nashville. He's a local, you know, got the whole gold grill. We kind of were like the whole Bonnie and Clyde type couple. A lot of people looked up to us, kind of like unconditional love. We weren't together because of, it wasn't that whole typical, the whole typical guy that I, that people thought I would be with. It was just genuine, it was real. So everyone was like, he made a mistake. It wasn't like, this was like a relationship where he was having like a whole affair like a chick that he would leave me for it was just like a more just more of a physical thing more than anything because you know some people some women feel like it's worse when men are in an actual relationship where they love another woman where they're in love and they're emotionally tied to this woman versus just taking them down and hitting so it was more that was pretty much this situation i got a lot of pushback by leaving him i think it does take a lot of bravery to because you got to Thing. Kingston was like one years old when I left. You know, do you, you want to be a single black female raising a child on your own financially, having to take the burden? I never put him on child support until recently, but he, I never, I did everything on my own, paid all my bills. But it took a lot of uh, strength and bravery and me knowing what was going to make me happy versus me staying in a situation that I know emotionally I still couldn't kind of work through the hurt or through the pain. So I just kind of had to make a decision on what was going to keep me happy. And like, to me, it was very important for me to be happy for my son instead of a lot of people staying mm -hmm. in, in things, and trying to stay together for the child, but they're miserable. They hate right. each other. They argue all the time. I, I didn't want, I didn't want that. I didn't want Kingston to see that. I wanted to, I, I really felt like we could co-parent really well because we still have that friendship like the base of our friendship the base of our relationship is really strong you know that you don't realize when kids are involved they mm -hmm. dictate what's right and wrong based upon what they see their parents go through mm -hmm. and exactly. that was a thing when I was dating and I was in my relationship I recently ended and it was a domestic violence situation and it was like am I giving my son the okay to think that this is okay because mm -hmm. When you when you hear the bickering back and forth for the name calling or the slam doors, you're building character in your child mm -hmm. because oh, it or not, subconsciously your children like you're ra you're raising your children. So just like you show them how to tie their shoes, brush their teeth, you're showing them how they are to be treated and mm -hmm. how to treat. So am I telling? that it's okay for him to talk to a woman the way that I'm talked to or to be, you know, so I, I had to make that decision to say, you know what, it's bigger than that. And that's mm -hmm. just relationship. But you have some marriages who go through that. And then you have a daughter who takes abuse Witness because I saw my mom be abused or a man who strikes a woman because that's what made my mama shut up when my daddy did. My dad cheated and my mom stayed. So why you leaving? Mm -hmm. It's those type of things that we put inside kids. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't think so. I don't think so. That's why I'm not married. I know that's the main reason why I'm not married. I'm like, I'm not getting married just to do it. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, 
now I'm just like, okay, I'm 35. Damn, I need to get married. Oh, I'm almost 40. Damn, I need to get married. You know, just to like a separate type thing. And I think that it should be more. And then we take it to the old school and say they worked it out back in the day. Yeah. So Yeah. Jackie, you're exactly right. Well, I told you prior to Steve, it was all BS. So, you know, so when, when, when I was dating, I remember hearing the stories from married men that said, she doesn't see me. She doesn't understand me. She doesn't uh, respect me. Everything that he said he didn't like about his wife was what you as a woman thought that you should be for him so that you wouldn't ever have to have that same kind of conversation. Because the one thing that a man don't want from another woman is, especially outside of his marriage, is the same thing he's getting at home. Right. So he wants that new thing. He wants that thing that's out there that's available, that that has kept herself up or, you know, not to mention if he's let himself go throughout the years, but I'm just saying, you know, he wants that thing that he knew he could not have. My mom was telling me that in her days and growing up, that there would be husbands that would bring home children that did not belong to the wife. They belong to the other woman and she may not be able to raise that child. And so here it is that during those times, there were a lot of mothers that were raising other people's children because they felt like, I'm gonna stay with my husband because that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, of course, anybody who's younger and in a totally different generation is going to be like, there ain't no way and I'm going to be raising somebody else's child and you have lost I mean, your unless mind. You got, unless you got a hell of a life insurance right. policy. <laughs> right. She, she oh, said some cash with that child. <laughs> I know that those things probably still happen, but they don't always make it to the front screen. They don't make it to the front of what's going on. That, hey, Somebody went outside the marriage and had a child outside the marriage and as a result, we're raising that child now. But the thing is, I'm not saying that you're less than a woman for stepping away from that marriage, but I'm saying it definitely takes a lot of courage because I'm just here to tell you, the church puts a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. on you when you are in the higher positions. They put a lot of pressure on you to say, oh, you know what? You better not do that because you're a reflection election immediately you become the face the poster child for the church and the truth of the matter is you still working on stuff just like everybody else and some things you say just shouldn't be some things just should not be but the thing that the reality of it is that it's still happening Mm -hmm. people are still unhappy and until they figured out what's really going on and then stop sometimes just being selfish You know, just to say, you know what? I'm not going to be selfish about this. I love my husband. I love my wife. I'm going to do what I need to do in order to be there for them. But a lot of people are just not ready to do that. Mm -hmm. They're just not ready to do that. So they're willing to accept. When would you say all this 
a man to cheat? If you had to pinpoint something, what would you say that that is? I would say that I can't ever say that he won't, that he's not in love with you or that he doesn't love you. But I will say this, that he loves himself more mm. because there are needs and emotions and things that he needs that he feels like he's not getting. And even if he is getting the sex on a regular, so many people think and equate it down to sex and it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more. So much bigger than that. So I would have to say selfishness because at one point in time, you're selfish enough to think that, hey, I want more and it's beyond what this person can give me. So I would say selfishness. Um, I kind of have a different outlook on it and it comes down to almost just almost like mother nature, I guess you could say. Naturally, I feel like men are more prone to seek out women because they're basically made to procreate. They're basically made to pass off their sperm and create more children when you think of it in like a, just like a broader view. If you look at other cultures, it is acceptable to have wives. They have villages to, to produce more children. But I think with the society that we live in and when you look at the Bible, you know, I always believe in monogamy. That's how I was raised. You know, everyone's raised different. You know, I don't right. pass judgment on other cultures, but how I was raised, you are supposed to be monogamous. And that was a deal breaker for me. Throughout our relationship, I never had problems with having to fight other girls or beefing with other girls. Like, we never had that issue. I never mistrusted him when it came to that. So I, my, I was more so blindsided because I never thought that that would happen in our particular relationship. We had a lot of other issues, but I never thought that was going to be an issue. But, you know, I feel like my particular situation was very extreme. I feel like even though I did join a support group when I started going through the in vitro, I feel like I should have, we should have done more marriage support groups because you never understand that the impact, you know, this is going to have on your body, your own hormones. There was a time I, I could not be intimate and that's what kind of led him to be more just so like more of a physical thing. I also wasn't, um, you know, I was dealing with a lot emotionally, so I wasn't emotionally there for him at all because I'm just more so like, shoot, I'm the one going through this. But, you know, hindsight, I do see from his point of view, you know, like, hey, I'm still here. So I think in different particular situations, it just kind of, it, that could have been a test for him. And he, fa he failed the test, but that could have been a test, like, are you going to be able to stand by your wife and, you know, overcome this and talk to her about your needs, talk to her about what's bothering you? Um, but I think it's just more so a, a, a physical need, a, a, you know, a, a natural need that he just wasn't getting and just had to. I think that it is selfishness. I believe that men are by nature physical creatures. Mm -hmm. So they see something, they want something. And mm -hmm. the older men get, the more they want to feel like they still have it. And sometimes mm -hmm. like trying to talk to someone leads to something that they never thought would get as far as it's gotten. You know, Good but point. then you have, yeah, you have the ratio of men and women, what, 10 to 1 or whatnot. Right. And women are, they're going out there and they're seeking, they're vultures. They're, yes. It's like, it's if you tell me that you're unhappy and you're married, sometimes that's that's all I need. That's you know, it's like it. that's why married women need to be careful. Oh, that's it. I mean, you know, yeah. you just have to have that um, that push to say, oh, well, he told me y'all wasn't happy. Yeah. Like, what? Guess what? You everybody ain't happy every day. You know, it's like right, right. You guys are naive, but you know, and, yeah. and it's like. So it's the physical thing, I think, on top of, I will say, like, right now, today, what, like, some of what the, the women are going through through quarantine, we mm -hmm. are probably in our most comfortable conditions, meaning sweatpants, hair pulled to the back. We probably put on makeup to do something <laughs> that has to do with an outside world, to make a post, yes. you know? 
and we have a man at home that we should be our most sexiest for. This is the time that we should be wearing our little boy short, let the kids go to sleep, and then I'm putting my lingerie or whatever it is. Yeah. It's something that intrigues him and makes him feel like, oh, she's paying attention to me and vice versa. The men should do it mm -hmm. as well, but that's just me hoarding my men are physical creatures. So right. you have a man who has a woman that he loves because more, nine times out of 10, if he's with you, it's because he loves you. That means he's connected to you. Physical creatures mean that doesn't mean that they're connected to them emotionally or that they have any type of love or anything at all for something that they see. It's like a woman who loves houses. When you go house shopping, you're not cheating on your house. And men see it as something that simple. If I'm mm -hmm. looking at another woman that I'm attracted to, it oh, doesn't mean that I'm my woman. You know, and it's like, <laughs> no, but, then, but, then, but no, but then you go a little bit farther. You go a little bit further because you end up being in her DMs. You make a comment on her picture and she responds uh -huh. back. And now, you know, and that's right. you, said, hold on, you said he made a comment on her picture? No, I'm saying, so it, so it goes from that looking happens. to reacting. Oh, that happens. It goes from looking to I look and maybe if I'm married, I don't follow you. Screenshot so I can find your name real quick. Then I follow and I see after like three or four pictures, then I might DM because I can't let my wife see me comment and say, wow, mm -hmm. nice picture. So I'll DM you and if she comment and say thank you, that's an open conversation. So then mm -hmm. where does that go from there? Because I don't know that you married when you say Oh, we shouldn't nice have went picture. that far. He shouldn't have gotten that far. Exactly. exactly. I mean, do so, no, so then it's like a little sneak thing. It's, it's a fantasy, right? Yeah. It starts in oh, the mind. Right. Yeah, it, it starts, starts like, wow. How far can this go? Yeah, yeah. So dudes will downplay yeah. that situation though. Like, like yeah. I've definitely been in situations where a dude completely downplay or you know manipulate to make you believe one thing, and mm -hmm. that's just game. And mm -hmm. sometimes you just get so deep involved yeah. in the situation that it, it it puts you in a different situation where I, I feel like a lot of guys, you know, sometimes there are a lot of women who will sign up to be a side chick. So be, them being mm -hmm. honest will actually make it easier on them because mm -hmm. she she won't play her role. Still to come on Let's Talk About It with Jackie Wade, Wives and Women. You found out that your husband, your boyfriend, your 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 main interest was cheating. What would you do? Unacceptable. People see what they want to see. They believe what they want to believe. I would want to figure out where the door was open. Why I would stay with him is because he would stay with me. Mm -hmm. Cheat on me. I'm going to cheat on you. And I'm not going to give you that one up. You're not going to get that one up. No. God, hey, God is working on me. I don't know how to turn up. And I'm a lady, so it's probably going to be with an ex.